Good morning, NFL fans. Welcome to another episode of Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We have a special guest on this special episode coming out on Thursday, opening day for the NFL season, and we have FN reporter Cooper Allen with us. How are you doing today, Cooper? That's great, Dave. I'm excited for football season. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, so Cooper and I have paired up the last week or so and are going to continue our partnership into the this regular season. And uh, we are, we've been writing previews for all three, well, all, all, uh, all eight, I should say, uh, divisions in, uh, in the NFL, um, breaking it down based on division each team and uh, making final predictions. On Monday, we had the AFC show where we uh, made prediction. I made predictions about the AFC. Today we're going to do NFC, a second part of our double episode this week. But before we get to the NFC, Cooper, I think we should let the fans know your predictions uh, in the American Football Conference. Yeah, uh, a lot of our predictions are actually the same, Dave, but there are a few that were different. In the AFC South, we both agreed that the Texans would win. I believe they'll take the division by a lot. In the north, I have the Bengals taking it. They have a great defense with a ton of weapons on offense. Patriots is their division to lose, as you mentioned on Monday. And we both have the Broncos taking the left as well. But I don't think it'll be as much as people expect. In the wild card race, there are a few teams. Have Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Miami, and Kansas City all competing for that wild card spot. Like the Steelers taking the number five seed and the Dolphins taking the number six seed. Hmm. I believe that two buy teams will be the Bengals and the Texans. Wow. The number one and the number two seed. Okay. Yeah. Which is surprising because most people have the Broncos and the Patriots getting the, uh, getting the two first round buys. Yeah, I had I, I still like Denver a lot, but um, I do have Houston getting one of those buys. I kind of last minute before I went on the air on Monday decided, eh, I'll, I'll give one of the buys to Houston instead of New England. I love what they've done, adding Ed Reed on defense and DeAndre Hopkins on offense. And really, I think that's uh, that's what's going to help them. That's what's going to put them on top in the AFC. I think they come out of the, they come out of the conference as champions and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Oh wow! Okay, that was my my the, my next question. Um, we both are pretty similar, like you said, Cooper. We both have the Dolphins getting into the playoffs. We both have the Steelers and Bengals. You have the Bengals winning the division. I have the Steelers right now. Um, who do you have in the AFC Championship game? Uh, I'm picking the Texans right now over the Broncos. Okay, and of course that game will be in Houston, according to your predictions. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was my Houston was my pick for the Super Bowl last year. I think they're still a real solid pick. I'm, I might be holding a little bit of a grudge um, picking Denver over them, but... I, I like Peyton Manning in Denver, although that defense does have their question marks. Yeah, exactly. There are, uh, there are a few question marks. Uh, they lost Doomerville, obviously. Hillary Hill for six games. And Miller's lost, um, losing him for six games. He could be fresh heading into uh, the playoffs, and that'll help them get back to the conference championship game. But I think Houston's just too good this year. I think this is finally the year Matt Schaub puts it together and leads the team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think that would be really good for the NFL. We, we've seen, uh, well, uh, last year was the first year in a long time we saw someone different besides the Steelers, uh, Patriots, and Colts in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. So I think it'd be good to get another, another different team in there. Uh, let's go to the NFC now. Our entire show is going to be focused on uh, the National Football Conference today. Let's start with the NFC East. And the New York Giants, a team that we both think are going to win this division, uh, and they have announced this week David Wilson will be starting at running back. What are your thoughts on Wilson um, being given the starting job? Heading into the draft last year, I was a huge fan of David Wilson. Um, 
I was actually surprised he fell as far as he did. And now with Ahmad Bradshaw gone, David Wilson will have a huge opportunity to become a solid starting NFL back. I think he's very capable of doing that. And it really all depends on whether he's ready or not to take that opportunity. Uh, he's very capable, he has a ton of potential, and uh, I think he could do quite well in New York. Of course, he will be paired with some really talented guys on offense. Uh, Eli Manning, the quarterback, still there. Uh, Hakeem Nix looks like he's going to be healthy this season, along with Victor Cruz, very capable duo at, at wide receiver. And although the Giants have had uh, some injuries on the offensive line, they're makeshifting in, uh, moving guys around. Actually, first-round pick Justin Pugh is going to start from uh, out of Syracuse, but uh, it looks like that's still a strength of the team as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be a huge benefit for Wilson to join such a talented offense. Um, so I think uh, he's set up for success with, uh, with all the talent around him, and uh, I think he's capable of doing quite well. I think it would be a huge lift for the Giants if David Wilson ends up being a, a good running back. They haven't had a, a great running game, I'd say. I mean, Bradshaw's a good back that they had, but haven't had a real strong running game in a few seasons. Really won the Super Bowl without a strong running game. What about the defense for Big Blue? No OCU Minyara this year. There's still some question marks in the secondary for the Giants, uh, but their bread and butter is getting after the quarterback. I like Justin Tuck. JPP is still there. Um, they added Demontre Moore through the draft, so they still have plenty of pass rushers. I think what will hurt them the most is the loss of Stevie Brown and injury, but the D-line will keep them competitive. I agree. I think uh, the, the Giants will be able to continue to get pressure on the quarterback and probably win not, uh, 10, 11 games and, and win this division. Let's go to the Redskins, who won the East last year. Uh, does RG3 stay healthy, and does he avoid a sophomore slump? Uh, staying healthy for full 16 games is will be tough coming off of the injury. Um, I believe even if he does stay healthy for all 16 games, he will his knee will still limit him for making some of the plays that he made last season. I believe that uh, Alfred Morris should be fine. Uh, he's a very talented running back, but you just you never know what the running backs in Mike Shanahan's system. <laughs> You've seen Roy Hallou, Alfred Morris. It's just it's been a it's been a carousel at the running back position. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, that doesn't really hurt the Redskins as much as it may hurt uh, fantasy players who draft Alfred Morris. Yeah, exactly. And I'm one of those people who drafted Alfred Morris in one of my leagues, so I'm hoping that's not the case, but. It's a risk you're going to take every time you draft a Redskins running back because you know that that's their system. They're, they'll run with multiple backs. Right, yeah, Mike, Mike Shanahan loves running with uh, different running backs, kind of changing it up, almost like he just wants to prove to everybody, hey, no, that I can run with somebody else. Yeah, exactly. And I believe this is a team that will still win games, but with RG3's knee bucking him, it just the same magic from 2012 won't be there for them. Okay, and so a team that really could use some magic, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, will they finish above 500? Uh, I don't think, it's, uh, it's a stretch to say they'll finish above 500, I think. I have them in the range of 7-9 and nine to 9-7. Nine and seven. Uh, They really could finish with 6 or 7 or maybe even 8 wins. Uh, they're a talented team, there's no denying that. We both mentioned that in the first and 10 articles. But right. they're just, they're too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, they also have a tough schedule this year and you never know if their running game is good but can DeMarco Murray stay healthy there's just too many question marks surrounding this team we don't know if they can finish they'll be in a lot of close games this year but Tony Romo, Jason Garrett this team not being able to close out games could cost them a playoff spot certainly DeMarco Murray has got to stay healthy I think to, for this team to be a playoff team. Tony Romo, I think, is a is a good quarterback, a lot better than what people give uh, give him credit for. But I I agree that 
the the Cowboys. Everybody seems to be putting them in between the seven and nine, nine and seven record, and and they're a team that is talented and should, quite frankly, finish better than that. Agreed. Um, on defense for the Cowboys, somebody that I'll be watching, Morris Claiborne, uh, I want to see if he continues to make strides in his second season and under new uh, defensive coordinator this season in Monty Kiffin. What can we expect from him this season? Well, obviously, Claiborne was a highly regarded prospect in the 2012 draft. He was considered by most of the best defensive players coming out of that class. Um, I believe he'll continue to improve and be solid for Dallas in 2013. He has all the skills, and he just needs to put it all together. Do you think he will benefit from the the different coordinator in Kiffin rather than uh, Rob Ryan? I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, It will be interesting to see how he grasps grasps the new system and whether it will benefit him or or not, we'll see. Switching to the Eagles, the final team in the NFC East, we both agreed, I believe, that they would be the last place finishers. Yes, we did. The uh, We actually had the exact identical uh, standings going Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, then Eagles. In Philadelphia, how will Chip Kelly's offense translate to the NFL seems to be the biggest question uh, coming out of Eagles camp. Because in the last few weeks, I've uh, been talking to maybe three or four or five Eagle fans. We had two Eagle fans on as guests uh, the last couple of weeks. That I've I have a little bit more faith in Philadelphia than I did before talking to those guys. Just I I originally thought that yes, Chip Kelly's offense would not translate, but after thinking, uh, rereading the reports that Mike Vick was playing a lot better this this training camp than years past, like last year, uh, that LaShawn McCoy is back healthy and will actually be used in Chip Kelly's offense, it, it sounds more promising than I originally anticipated. Yeah, I mean, on paper, you can, you can make a good argument for this team. LaShawn McCoy is still an elite running back, in my opinion, and there are reports saying that Michael Vick has played better. Whether if you if he can return to twenty ten form, then this team could be in pretty good shape. But without Macklin in the lineup and with the inconsistency of Sean mm. Jackson, I just I have a hard time seeing it happen. Mm. Yeah, Macklin certainly is a big loss to Sean Jackson. Just doesn't seem to be the same playmaker he was back in two thousand ten and before that. Mm. Um, last, any fi- final thoughts, Cooper, on the NFC East before we move to the West? Um, the NFC East, it's a very interesting division. I mean, like ten and ten and six could win this division this year. Mm. It's there's no dominant teams like there are in the other division. Right. I mean, as we've seen in the past, the Giants have won the division nine seven ten and six, and have caught fire in the playoffs and gone out of the Super Bowl. And right. That could be the case again this year. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, I I don't think a lot of people, maybe it's because there's big markets and big name teams in the NFC East, but a lot of fans, I think, would like to argue that the division is the best in football. I don't think it's even close, man, right? Right. I I don't see them as one of the elite divisions in the NFL. I think the NFC West is better. The NFC North is better. And you can make an argument for the NFC South as well. Right, so it could be one of the weaker divisions, quite honestly, uh, just because it's so muffled. Uh, it's competitive, but uh, every team is alive because there's no dominant team, like you said. Exactly. Okay, let's switch to the NFC West, who, in my opinion, is the best division in football out of the eight. 
We'll start with the NFC champions, the 49ers. The big question to me here, the quarterback Colin Kaepernick, can he repeat the special season that he had last year? He's only started 10 games in the NFL. Can he sustain that over a 16-19 game span if they want to go all the way to uh, the Super Bowl, especially when he's got guys that he played with last year, like Michael Crabtree, that's out for a big portion of the season. He's got to get used to throwing to Anquan Bolden as his number one target. And really the only other guy in the passing attack that's available to, Ka- uh, to Kaepernick is Vernon Davis. That's a very good point. That's something that I didn't think about, having to prepare for both quarterbacks last year. Not the case this year, like you said. Yeah. Uh, def- opposing defenses will have to prepare for Kaepernick and only Kaepernick. And two of his key targets are injured. So even if they were healthy, I don't see him having the same success. And then his stock is hurt more without crap drain Manning. Hmm. Completely agree. Uh, On defense, though, for the 49ers, they may have their questions on offense, but this defense, once again, with the Smith brothers, uh, is looking pretty good. Oh, for sure. I uh, actually did a defensive power rankings article not too long ago that had San Francisco as the best defense in the game. Hmm. And they're just, they're next to unstoppable. It's so hard to score points against them. They're they have elite players at all three levels of the defense. I, I uh, read that piece, Cooper. That was that was very good. Thanks, Dave. In terms of the Smith brothers as well, <laughs> they're both two of those elite players that I mentioned. You could make an argument for Alden Smith being the best outside linebacker of the game in the sense mm-hmm. that he's put up insane sack numbers in right. the first couple of seasons. Yeah. With that being said, however, I believe that most of those sacks that came from I think that's could you can't I don't think you can even argue that. Um completely agree that Justin Smith, one of the most underrated uh linemen in the league, we really only like to talk about the defenders that make big plays or get the big sack numbers, uh, and that's Alden Smith, who is a great player, but it would not be possible if Justin Smith was not on the same team. It certainly seemed that way after uh, Justin went down with an injury against New England in December. He missed a few games, and Alden Smith was not as effective. Exactly. I believe that Alden is nowhere near the same player when Justin's not in the lineup. You know, the Steelers had um, a defensive lineman a few years ago, and his his name is slipping me, but I think it was also Smith. Um, And he was another guy that... Did not get the credit that he deserved, but he ate up blockers and allowed offensive uh, outside linebackers to make big plays. And he went down one year, and the the rush defense for Pittsburgh was not nearly as good. Yeah, there's guys like that all over the league mm-hmm. that just go unnoticed by most people because they're not lighting up the staff board. Right, that's why we have this show, so we can tell you about them. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, the, the defense and probably the other, at least preseason-wise, the top two defenses are in the NFC West, the other one in Seattle. Uh, but on defense for uh, the Seahawks, a few suspensions could be a factor for them, including their first-round pick from last year, Bruce Irvin, missing a few games. Uh, what do you expect from this defense, and, and what can we expect with the suspensions um, some of these top players missing some games. Um, 
other ones so can you let us know um there's a couple on offense i believe uh john moffett was one of them and uh there's another key one that's uh slipping me at the moment okay um yeah most of them were uh depth guys though right uh well this was something that wasn't in our original rundown but why why Seattle? Why are these guys are they are these the only guys that are getting caught? Like we saw Von Miller get a suspension, but do you have an opinion about uh, why Seattle seems to be using more drugs than the rest of the league? That's an interesting interesting question, and I'm not I'm not sure how to answer it really. Uh, as a Cardinals fan, I I'd like to be biased and say that Seattle's the only team using them and they're <laughs> Right. Yeah, in, in Von Miller's case, uh, I think a lot of, at least on FN Radio, they were talking about uh, how he just, perhaps he just used marijuana and uh, was stupid and got caught. Yeah, there's, I can almost guarantee you that a lot of NFL players do smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of when the drug tests are and who gets caught and who doesn't. Right. So, getting back to our original plan and our uh, discussion of the NFC West, who's going to have the better defense, Seattle or the 49ers this year? Um, I'm rolling with the 49ers for now. As I mentioned, the power rankings are going San Fran at number one, Seattle came in at number three. Mm. The Hawks could end up taking over as the number one uh, by the end of the year, but i got to stick with San Francisco for now. Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman are too good of a combination inside linebacker to turn down. And Justin Smith, I believe, is better than anyone on the Seahawks defensive line. Okay, I like it. You're sticking to your guns. Uh, real quick for the, the Hawks on offense, Russell Wilson in his second year, Marshawn Lynch, he's the workhorse back. But we expect him to have a little bit less of a workload this year because he's just had a ton of touches the last couple of years. They brought in Percy Harvin, who was supposed to be a big playmaker, but he's injured and out until late November. Uh, What can we expect from the offense and Russell Wilson in his second year? If you've read the first and ten division articles, you, you know that I'm a real big fan of Russell Wilson heading into this year. He really shows no signs of slowing down. Uh, I have him as the division MVP, and I believe he will lead Seattle into the playoffs. All right, you're someone that's really high on him then. Yeah, exactly. I don't think a sophomore slump will come into play here. I believe he's well on his way to becoming a top-ten quarterback. Cool. Um, So you're much higher on Wilson than, uh, say, RG3. Let's get the last two teams real quick in the NFC West. Uh, the Rams, I think, could be a playoff contender this year. Uh, but what do you think, Cooper? A lot of people are high on the Rams this year as well. I'm one of the few people to actually say no, they're not a playoff contender. Mm. Their defense is tough. I like a lot of the players on their defense. But they overpaid for Jake, overpaid for Jake Long uh. in free agency. He's not the same player that he used to be. They lost Steven Jackson. And really, their only proven offensive weapon right now is Jared Cook. Okay, I was going to ask, um, are you down on the Rams because of the tough conference, or is it because of the Rams themselves? And it sounds like the Rams themselves. Um, a lot of it has to do with the tough conference, because yes, they will have a lot of tough games this year. Um, they have some solid pieces on their team, but I really think there's too much hype for this team. 
they're right now they're unproven and they're relying on what I believe is an average quarterback in Sam Bradford. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I guess I'm more of the the norm or, or I'm a little bit higher up on the Rams than, than Cooper is. I think they can make some strides. With Sam Bradford it might be, he's in a contract year if I'm if I'm correct, right, Coop? Yeah, this uh, will be a big year for him. Yeah, so I I just have a feeling with him um, in a contract year and Tavon Austin, the rookie, and uh, Chris Gibbons is supposed to be a lot better. And uh, that defense with Jeff Fisher and that number one pick they had last year, uh, Michael Brockers, and you mentioned Jared Cook, the tight end. I, I they're in a tough division and a tough conference, but I expect uh, this team to to compete for a playoff spot. And yeah, like you mentioned, they could very well do that. Tavon Austin could come out and be a fantastic receiver. Jake Long could prove me wrong. Sam Bradford could be living off of his contract year and have a great year and want to get paid. So there's a ton of factors that could contribute to them both competing for a playoff season and them having it down here. Right. How about Arizona? It's a team that you follow very closely. What can we expect from them? It's, it looks like they could be a lot better with a new head coach, new quarterback, but uh, we should limit our expectations, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to be high on Arizona, but I don't think they'll be a playoff team this year. Uh, they have talent on both sides of the ball. I think they'll surprise some people this year uh, because a lot of people are underrating them, in my opinion. Hmm. Like I mentioned, they have talent. Uh, they will compete every game, and if you take this group lightly, you'll go home with a loss. Hmm. I think the biggest thing for Arizona, what they weren't able to do last year, is get the ha- ball in the hands of Larry Fitzgerald. Can Palmer do that this season? I believe so. That's the reason Bruce Arians brought him in, was to get the ball to the playmakers, specifically Larry Fitzgerald. He's easily the best quarterback Arizona's had since Kurt Warner was at uh, the Rains. I expect big years from them as well. Any other final thoughts on the NFC West before we go to break? Uh, it really is a competitive division, a really fun one to watch, especially if you like defense. There's four very solid defenses in this division, and teams like the Rams and Cardinals may surprise a few people this year, so it should be fun to watch. I agree. Uh, those teams should be uh, be a surprise. I think the Rams and Cardinals can surprise, and Possibly the Seahawks and 49ers could be the best two teams in the entire NFL. So that's the NFC East and West. We're going to take a break and then we'll come back with the North and South. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We're here with Cooper Allen, Football Nation reporter, going over the NFC, previewing it uh, today. The NFL season starts. Really exciting time, Cooper, huh? Oh, for sure. And uh, many NFL fans have been looking forward to this all offseason. And it's good that it's finally kicking off. Yep, the Broncos and Ravens kicking off on Thursday. If you're listening on Thursday, it's later tonight. So really exciting day. And, of course, all the other games will be on Sunday. And then doubleheader on Monday. We'll be covering that on next week's show. But let's do finish up the rest of the NFC. Let's go to the North. The first and ten article on the NFC North came out on Tuesday, so that uh, you can check that out. That's the latest one. The NFC South comes out, actually, uh, came out today on Thursday. Um, so let's let's go to the North. 
Let's start with the Chicago Bears. They hired a new coach from Canada. A little bit surprising where the Bears went to hire Mark Tressum, huh? Uh, yeah, it was actually quite surprising. Um, that's a Canadian guy. It's nice to see them. NFL teams actually look up to the CFL. Right, and I, I guess I, I don't know really anything about the CFL. I don't know if it's more like arena football or if it's if it's played outside and they have similar strategies or similar rules to American football, but I don't think I have ever seen um, a Canadian coach hired or, or a, co- a, head, a, a head coach hired that wasn't either a coordinator or a head coach in college. Yeah, it was a very interesting pickup. Um, I have a lot of Bears fans uh, that follow on Twitter, and they seem pretty happy with the signing. And he was easily the best coach in the CFL and worked with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in Canada in Anthony Calvillo. Um, but, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the NFL. I agree. I, I'd like to see what this guy can do with Jake Cutler, who I also think is in a contract year and perhaps playing for his, uh, well, pr- quite frankly, uh, playing for his life, really, in Chicago, uh, the guy that could be out of the Bears organization if he doesn't play well this season. Yeah, it's interesting uh, that you bring that up because Jake Adler, he's been a pretty solid quarterback, but he hasn't really led the Bears anywhere. Like, they have a lot of talent on offense, and if he needs someone to blame, they've been blaming the coaching for a while now, and it'll start to turn on him eventually. Right. Um, I, I don't. I just the firing of Lovey Smith. I, I don't know. We'll see how they do this year. If the Bears do well, make the playoffs with this with Mark Tressum, then it was a good firing. But Lovey Smith was was a really good head coach. The Bears were always one of the best defenses. They went to the Super Bowl with with Smith. Um, it just never. They were never able to take that next step. On offense, no matter who they brought in, they brought in Jay Cutler, then they brought in uh, Brandon Marshall. They were never able to make that next step. Yeah, and really, at this point, they brought in Marshall. They brought in Martellus Bennett this year. They've improved the offensive line, so there's no more excuses for Cutler. You can't say he's running wild anymore because now they have Jermon Bushrod and rookie Kyle Long. Right. Yeah, so I, I really believe it's a make-or-break season for Cutler. Let's go to the Bears' defense real quick. Um, something that most fans aren't really talking about because, well, perhaps uh, the guy wasn't all that good last year, but they need to replace the leadership of future Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher, a guy that they really forced into retirement uh, this offseason when they didn't want to resign him. leadership on the defensive side of the ball will hurt the team. I believe that the rookie replacement, John Bothick, has been great, but he has very big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. He's a talented guy, but it will be hard for him to live up to expectations early on. Yeah, um, again, Erlacher wasn't somebody that lit the field up last year, looked a little slower, out of position, whatever, um, but kind of like Ray Lewis Um, maybe a little lesser extent because I think Lewis was still a good player last year, but Erlacher, like Lewis, was the heart and soul of that that defense, and that should not be taken lightly in in terms of being replaced. Let's go to Detroit now. Last two years, kind of been, you know, polar opposites for the Lions. 10-6 in 2011, 4-12 in 2012, which Lions team will we get this year? In the first and ten article, I had them finishing last in the North. And I really believe that they'll be closer to the 4-12 form that we saw last year. Uh, I believe there's too many holes on the defensive side of the ball to be going up against the duo of Cutler and Marshall, uh, Adrian Peterson, and Aaron Rodgers six times a year. Yeah, they, they really didn't make many improvements to their defense. Well, they did draft... Um, the the defensive lineman, I'm not going to be able to say his name. If uh, do you know how to pronounce his name, Cooper? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Ziggy. I guess Ziggy Ansess. Ziggy Ansess. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. 
<laughs> uh, he, he, he's, he looks like he could be, I mean, he was a top five pick, so uh, the Lions are hoping that uh, he turns out to be good. But they, they really like to draft defensive linemen. One team that's hoping to take advantage of what's what's behind the defensive line in Detroit and pick apart that secondary is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers still there, but uh, well, they did improve their running game with drafting two running backs, Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin, but they didn't address much on defense. What, what's your opinion on that? Green Bay not improving their defense. Um, a lot of people are focusing on that. But I don't think it's as much of an issue as uh, it would seem. They have a handful of playmakers that will help keep them in games. Clay Matthews, B.J. Raji, etc. And there's one player who will be key to watch that I mentioned in the first and ten article. Casey Hayward. He will be a breakout player this year. He's a very underrated corner. Shut down his opponents last year. Interesting. So again, you can read about... Uh... Casey Hayward in the first and ten article from the NFC North. That's Cooper Allen's prediction to have uh, to break out in the division. Uh, let's go to the last team now in Minnesota. Extex, I think the the big thing here is Adrian Peterson. What does he do after his two thousand yard season? And Christian Ponder is he uh, going to be a regular NFL quarterback? They have Matt Castle as their backup. Does Castle end up being the starter towards the end of the season? And can the Vikings return to the playoffs, kind of a surprise team last year? Uh, So what are your thoughts on Minnesota in terms of expectations for the playoffs and uh, for Adrian Peterson? DP definitely needs to have another big year for Minnesota to be in playoff contention. Yeah, so run all over the weaker teams, but this year I don't know if he'll have the same success against stronger running defenses. With that being said, barring an injury, I, still, I see him being the first back to get 1,500 yards after a 2K season. I agree. I think he gets 1,500 yards. Right. As for his touchdown totals, however, I think a guy like Kyle Rudolph may take a few of those away from him. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get 2,000 or 2,500 yards. It's just absurd, but I expect a big year from him. And of course, I, I, I agree with your point as well that if the Vikings are going to make the playoffs, they need Peterson to do really well like he did last year. Let's go to the last division in the South. This is one of the more intriguing divisions, I think, in the NFC. The Atlanta Falcons, a team that was the one seed in the NFC, so the best regular season team in the conference. The Saints, I think, are going to come back with vengeance, though. What are they going to do with Sean Payton back this season? To say they're not strong on defense, I think, is an understatement. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I believe it was last in the league. Um, in, I know for sure in run defense, and I believe in pass defense as well. I, I think they gave up the most yards in NFL history last year. That could be pretty accurate. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a tough unit to they, 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 for a while, were giving up records for, you know, most... Most yards allowed in the first four games, or most passing yards allowed in the first eight games, and I think they were came. I think they broke it or came very close to giving up the most yards the NFL's ever seen. Uh, so yeah, um, they, they they need some help on defense. But the way their offense was when they won the Super Bowl, I think they can return to that form with Sean Payton this year, though. Oh, for sure. I'm uh, very high on high in New Orleans this year. <laughs> 
Mm. Like I said, Breeze and Peyton is a combination that will dominate, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, they can put up at least 30 points a game. I think they will return to Super Bowl form, like you mentioned, and will carry the team to the playoffs this year. Okay, let's let's go to the team that won the division last year, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, are they legit Super Bowl favorites in the, the NFC? We talked about San Francisco and Seattle could be uh, the best two teams in the whole league, but shouldn't forget about the Falcons. Um, on paper, the Falcons are Super Bowl favorites, I believe. Uh, I mean, Steven Jackson and O.C. Manure are huge additions. But just getting past the New Orleans team this year will be tough enough, let alone teams like Seattle, San Francisco, and Green Bay. Hmm. Uh, the Saints and Packers, they have just as good offenses, and then looking at Seattle and San Francisco, they have much better defenses. That's true. Uh, I think the funny thing about Atlanta, or maybe uh, maybe ironic thing, whatever, uh, that they don't have one dominant um, part of the team. Like They don't do really, really well. Well, they, they do really well at everything, rather than like being a very like an awesome offensive team. I think they're borderline awesome defense, offensive team, but they're they're great or good on offense. They're good enough on defense and good enough on special teams. And that has produced 13-3, 14-2 records in recent years, being the number one seed in 2010 and 2012 and making the playoffs in 2011 as a wild card. But it doesn't produce many playoff wins. Yeah, uh, just the way that the the, the conference is set up, uh, it's it's hard to to see them win a game when it looks like you know San Francisco and Seattle. One of them is going to be a wild card team, and we saw that uh, the Falcons almost lost the Seahawks last year in in that division game, as Seattle was the wild card, and they could very easily draw Green Bay or. Um, or New Orleans, so there are some tough teams in the conference. Let's round out the NFC South with Tampa Bay and Carolina. I personally think that Tampa Bay could be the most approved team in the NFC this season. Uh, right now, I'd have to agree with that. Um, although teams like Arizona and Chicago have upgraded several positions, uh, the Bucks have added two great players to their defense. Deshaun Goldson has pro bowl potential and Darrell Rivas is the best quarterback in the game. So it's really it's hard to beat that. It's been a great offseason for this team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess New Orleans might be the most improved team if you you um, take into account records. Um, with New Orleans being eight and eight, they might go twelve and four, say, and, and improve four games. But uh, I don't know. I don't think people are looking at New Orleans and saying, "Oh, they're going to." be the most improved team. Take a team that was actually bad last year, and I think Tampa Bay will be the most improved team. Carolina, last team of the conference. Cam Newton is their big star, uh, but played much better as a rookie than than in his first year. Will he return to his rookie form in his third season? Follow-up question, why do you say that, just just based on the stats, is that why you think he didn't do um, or did just as well last year? What what, what did you see Um, that was so similar between the two seasons? Yeah, just just looking at the stat line, I mean, the numbers were pretty similar. Uh, Sure, he had had a couple less touchdowns, but he also threw less interceptions. I mean... There's a lot. Of, there's probably more hype surrounding him in his rookie year, and he was he was a lot more flashy in his rookie year. So I guess if that's what the team's looking for, and that's what they want. Then I guess you could say a better rookie year in that aspect. 
Right. I, I've got his stats right here. 4,051 passing yards in the rookie season to 3,869 in 2012. 21 touchdowns, 17 interceptions in 11. 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in 2012. Uh, a lot fewer rushing touchdowns, though. Eight last year versus 14 in 2011. Do you see Romavera sticking around for uh, the 2014 season? He's in his third season, and um, I, I think he, that uh, the Panthers will have to make some some big improvements, if at least improvements in record, if he's going to stick around. Um, he's definitely going to have to have a good speech, speech prepared for the Panthers front office because. <laughs> Saints and the Bucks, as we mentioned, are both better. The Falcons are still a tough team, so unless Carolina can manage to win a few tough games, it'll be another rough year for them. Mm. Yeah, it looks like it will be in, in a tough conference, really. And if you can, if there's such a thing as li- eliminating teams on before the season even starts, which is getting harder and harder to do in football, but if there were a team that you could eliminate in the in the NFC. Carolina's got to be one of them. Completely agree. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we're gonna when we come back from our, our next break, we will go over the the, the playoffs for the NFC. We'll, we'll have clearly our six teams that will make the playoffs, and then pick which ones advance, and ultimately the NFC champion. Stick around. Here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle, I'm your host Dave Holcomb with Cooper Allen. Once again, thanks Cooper for coming on the show. Do you want to give uh, the listeners your Twitter? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at CooperAllen47. All right, and uh, don't forget mine is DMHOLCOMB. You can follow me there or send me a tweet and we can talk football. So uh, this is a part of our show. We've already broken down uh, the the four divisions in the NFC. Let's pick uh, the six teams that we're go- we think are going to make the playoffs. Uh, Cooper, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So starting with the NFC East, um, I have the Giants winning the division. Uh, it'll be an ugly race, but I believe they'll come out on top and take the number four seat. Um, for the West, I have Seattle beating out San Fran and getting the number three seed. I think uh, Saints will actually win the AFC South over Atlanta mm. and get a number two seed in a first round bye. And I think the Packers will walk up the number one seed in the NFC North. Wow, so you're going Packers with the one seed? I am. Interesting. Yep. And, and in terms of the wild card, I believe that. San Fran, Atlanta, Tampa, Chicago, and Washington will all be in contention. Hmm. But San Francisco and Atlanta will ultimately make it. San Francisco and Atlanta, okay. Yep, and then this will set up, uh, set up a matchup of Giants at home against the 49ers and Seahawks at home over the Falcons. Cool, so a rematch of NFC Championship game from a few years ago and a rematch of last year's divisional round. Very cool. Okay, so... And then I have the 49ers and Seahawks at both advancing, which sets up Packers 49ers in the divisional round as well as St. Seahawks. Okay. And then from there I have the Packers defeating the 49ers and then the Seahawks defeating the World Saints to set up a Green Bay, Packers, Seattle Seahawks, replace a referee rematch. <laughs> cool. I'd love to see that. That's, yeah. Uh, was a topic of the NFL for a while. And right. In that matchup, I believe the Packers will come out on top and be the NFC champion. 
Wow. Okay. Very cool. Um, I, obviously the Packers Seahawks championship game would be would be awesome. But I'm looking at that rematch of last year's um, divisional round again. The Packers and 49ers. Actually, we're going to see that matchup in Week One. Yeah, I agree. It's just two historic franchises. It's fun to watch them play. For sure. Okay, I'm going to try and go through my predictions. Um, still making last-minute changes. Uh, in the NFC East, I mentioned uh, the Giants, I think, are going to win it. Um, well, I guess I should say what seed. Uh, I'm going to go with... I think they'll get the four seed. I think they're... Kind of like you said, they all kind of beat up on each other. So um, I'll, I'll give the Giants the, the the NFC East always seems to get a four or three seed. So I'll give the Giants the four, um, three seed. I'm gonna go with Green Bay at three. Uh, that's where they were last year. I guess I kind of see them as a middle of the road team again because of that defense. Uh, the offense is gonna be good, but. And and we've seen that you don't have to have a great defense to win in the regular season, but I just have my question marks about them uh, on defense. And they're good enough to win the division, but I'm not going to put them uh, getting a bye. My bye teams are going to be the Seahawks and the Falcons. You know, what? no, I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints and go with Saints two seed. And the Seahawks, I'm going to give the one seed. I really like uh, what Seattle has done. Am I am I going way too overboard with the Seahawks there? Um, they're a solid team. I don't know if you're. <laughs> I don't think they're going too overboard. I mean, they could very well win a few games uh, extra and take that one seed. But yeah, I think me and you are pretty much on board with all of our picks. We just want Seattle and Green Bay from the one and three seed. All right. Okay. Well, you know, it'll be tough if if the 49ers are just as good um as last year then it will be hard uh, hard games for Seattle. I guess if they're going to get the one seed that might be the one or two losses that they get um would be against the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. In a tough division, it's uh it's hard for me to see them finishing 13 and 3 mm-hmm. sort of thing when they have Right. That's true. That's a good point. Um, you know what? I uh, One of the tough things that I always try and take into account when I make playoff predictions is every single season since the NFL expanded to a 12-team playoff format, which I believe was in 1977, 78, maybe 76, around there, um, at least five teams that made the playoffs the year before, did not make it the next year. That's happened every year but one since 1977. Wow, that's, uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> so I just it's difficult to make picks for the five teams that I don't think are going to make the playoffs the next year. Now, I guess I should finish out my picks for the wild card. I'll go with uh, the 49ers and the Falcons. But with those with those predictions that I just made, I, I had two teams in the AFC that made the playoffs last year not make it, and I had I have now two teams from the NFC. I cannot pick that fifth team. I I can't find a, a fifth team that made it last year that I don't think is going to make it this year. Yeah, it's really hard to find. I mean, unless unless Tampa has a great year with a revamped defense. Mm-hmm. And steal the wild card spot over like a San Fran or an Atlanta. Yeah, I mean that's really the only possibility I see as a fifth team. Yeah, I agree. I the the four teams that I have not making it from last year are uh, Indianapolis. I picked Baltimore um, in the the AFC. Although maybe it's not Baltimore, maybe it's Cincinnati. Uh, maybe one of those teams. And then the two in the NFC I had was. 
um, the Vikings, and the Redskins. Yeah, I think they're the same, actually. Okay. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll finish out my picks. I think, um, well, I'll just go to my championship game. Um, I, I, I have the, the Seahawks playing... Um, I think I'm going to go with the Packers as well. I like that matchup a lot. Yeah. Um, I do like the Falcons. I know at the last second I, I, I picked them to be the wild card. If the Falcons end up winning the NFC South and getting um, home field or, or a bye, I think they could be a good team. But like you said, it's hard to pick them to win playoff games because they just don't seem to be able to do that. The Saints, I think, are dangerous come playoff time. You obviously have the NFC champs from last year, the 49ers. But I'm going to pick the Seahawks over the the Packers in the, the NFC championship, and that makes my Super Bowl the Seahawks and the Broncos. Seahawks and the Broncos. Uh, I have them going pretty deep into the playoffs as well, but as I'm losing, I believe in the NFC and AFC championship respectively. Okay. I took I took the Houston Texans over the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. All right. So we're we're almost on par, which I don't know if that's good for you because I'm normally wrong. <laughs> yeah, that could uh, might not be too great for either of us. I believe <laughs> both of us had. Kansas City doing well last year too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had I had Kansas City doing very well last year, and that's my grudge. I'm not picking them to do well again. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully their picks turn out better than they did last year. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take another break, and then we'll come back, and we're actually gonna have uh, our Super Bowl picks. We'll we'll pick from one of the two teams that we both have in that game, and then uh, wrap up the rest of the show. <laughs> We're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. Um, I want to make it clear when I said Super Bowl picks, I I meant uh, pick the winner of the game. We already said who we thought would be in the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, while we're making predictions, Cooper, who do you have winning it all? I have Houston taking it over Green Bay. Houston over Green Bay. Okay. I'm going with uh, the Seahawks, actually. I think whoever makes it from the the NFC is going to take it. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it'd be great for for football if uh, the Texans would win it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a power rankings list, the Texans would be right up there. But mm-hmm. then they're surrounded by NFC teams. There's no other AFC team that will really challenge them other than like the Patriots and the Broncos. Right. But if you were to make a top ten, you could really see easily six or seven NFC teams and only three or four AFC teams. Right. Okay, uh, well, that's all our predictions and breaking down of the NFC. Uh, don't forget to check out the last article of First and Ten from the NFC South came out on Thursday. You can have all the other seven articles. You can find them on Cooper Allen's page or my page. Uh, Coop, do you want to give uh, the listeners a little preview to what we're going to do the rest of the regular season with our articles coming out on Friday? And we'll pick, we'll lay out our survivor pick, and we will preview, we'll give you what to watch for in the week, and we might look at breakout players, MVPs, it all depends on the week, we'll bring in new, new analysis, new breakdowns each week, try to change it up, keep it interesting, but yeah, stay tuned to the first and tenth series, there should be a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun writing with you, Cooper, and I'm looking forward to having a new a new article come out every Friday for each week. I'm, I I like the uh, what to watch uh, um, portion of the the article, uh, and I, I might sprinkle in a little bit of 
college games, maybe an episode of Breaking Bad. You never know. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of ways we can go with this one, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. Yes, so check out the First in Ten series, um, and stay tuned for that the rest of the, uh, rest of the season. Don't forget, there's other great podcasts and uh, live radio shows on Football Nation with FN Today with Alex Reamer on Wednesday uh, and FN Radio with Bill Enright and Todd DeFreeze. Every Tuesday and Thursday at 12, they run to 2. Um, so two hours uh, twice a week. That's great stuff. Cooper Allen, thanks once again for coming on our show. It's been really fun. Oh, for sure, Dave. My pleasure. All right, that's, that does it for us here at Monday Morning Huddle. Until next week, I'm going to go and try and to find some peace in my mind. Enjoy week one, everybody. <laughs>